Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. Think about your why. If you have your why at the center of all of your decisions, it makes all of the words you need to write and the people you need to talk to and all the decisions you need to make in your business so much easier. So remember your why. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Ashley. It's great to have you joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to talk about one of my most favorite topics, messaging, and especially create messages that matter. But before we jump in and and dive deep down this rabbit hole, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is you do, who you work with, and how you came to be doing what you do today? Yeah, wonderful. Um, So as you can tell by my accent, I am based in the US. And I specifically work with purpose driven founders on their brand messaging strategy, with the goal of helping them not only grow their impact, but also grow their business. Mm -hmm. I I really think that they go hand in hand, especially when you do have a purpose behind your business. So I come from the international development and nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. And I sort of found my way to communications. And then as I started freelancing on the side before launching my business, I found my way to marketing and I discovered brand messaging and I just realized this is the foundation of everything. If you can Mm. figure this out, it makes your marketing so much easier. It makes your operations so much easier. And I just really love that the process is so personal too. For for me, the service provider, Uh um, I really get to get inside of these founders' heads and hearts and help them connect with their audience. So it's just a really special experience for me. I love it, love it, love it. This episode is made possible by Your Podcast Concierge. Editing your podcast can be time-consuming. Your Podcast Concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. All right, well, let's start off with making sure that we've got the foundations in place before we dive in. What is brand messaging? How would you describe it? So for me, it is essentially what your business stands for and is known for. That's kind of like the bare bones of it. Um, And so for me, that includes a brand statement. You know, you you maybe have seen those, we help X type of person do Y. It's kind of that is a brand statement or your unique selling proposition, whatever you want to call it. It's really just defining why does your business exist 
and for whom does it exist? Because it's super important. Mm. And then I also dive into mission because of course it's very closely related to the brand statement, but it's just that kind of higher purpose, right? Just to really help you stay connected to your why. And if you have a team, help them stay connected to that Mm. why and also make sure that that's alignment aligned in your hiring and any decisions that you make in your business. And then I also love to dive into values. Again, it's that, what do you stand for? For me, those values, they can be a little bit different than your personal values as a founder. Um, It's really the, the values that the business has. Those are the gut checks. Those help you decide do I use this type of packaging or that? Do I serve this type of client or that? Do I attend this conference or that, et cetera, right? Because if it's aligned, it's an easy yes. You can Mm. pursue it. And if it works out, it works out. If it's not aligned, it's an easy no, and you don't have to waste your time, your money, any of your energy on it. And then the audience is a really, really important part of brand messaging. So you could have the most phenomenal messaging And if it's not hitting the people that you're trying to reach, then the messaging actually is not that phenomenal, right? Like it really needs to be using the words that your audience uses. It needs to be touching on the problems that they have and showing how you solve those problems. Mm. So that's sort of the components of really strong brand messaging. I love this and and I want to go back and sort of dive deeper into each of these components because I see so many coaches that struggle with this piece and there's nothing worse than being, you know, at a networking event or, you know, at a virtual networking event. Someone says, what do you do? And I'm sure you've seen this many times because this is obviously the work that you do, but people struggling to articulate it and they're tripping over their tongue a bit and, you know, then get to the point where they start to get a bit red because they're like, oh, my goodness, no one's getting me, don't understand. It's such a stressful position to be in. And I think back to the first time I went to my first big conference back in, I think maybe 2009, and someone asked me what I did. And the reason I can speak to this so well is because that I was that person. Where someone asked what I did, I used all these words, a million sentences. Five minutes later, they're still looking at me with a blank face. The more I'm getting hot under the collar, you know, my heart's beating faster. The more I'm speaking, the more they're looking at me like you've lost your mind, <laughs> you know, and it was a really uncomfortable place to be in. On the flip side, when you can get this so tight, People not only know what it is that you do and understand that easily, but people buy from confident coaches or confident business owners. So tell us more around this messaging. How can we start to unpack what it is that we do? Because getting to or distilling our messaging, getting to something that's simple isn't really an easy task to begin with. Yeah. So one way to do it is to really think of the problem that you're solving. So especially for coaches and course creators, why do people need your specific type of coaching? Why would people sign up for this course? They have some sort of problem, right? You are that missing link between the problem they have and the transformation they want. And so if you're able to show that to them, and if you're able to show them 
I understand exactly where you are and where you want to be. That's so much stickier for the Mm. person on the receiving end of that. And then even at the, with the example of you're at a networking event or even you're just chatting with friends or Uh catching up with old colleagues or whatever, it's again, you want that stickiness factor. So the more specific you can be the better. And which is so, so scary, especially if you're just starting out or you have this momentum, but you're like, Oh, I don't want to let go of this tiny pocket of people I still serve or whatever else, the more specific you can niche down the easier it is for you to be top of mind when the situation arises. So if you say that you serve women, okay, great. Then, you know, that's 50% of people. If I know a woman who needs something, maybe I'll think of you. Uh But if you say that you serve postpartum women after their first baby, I mean, how specific is that, right? Mm -hmm, The the mm -hmm. second I have a friend who just gave birth to her first baby, you will be the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. So it's really figuring out the exact type of person you're serving Mm -hmm. and exactly how and why you're serving them. And again, the more specific, the easier it is for other people to remember and the more concise it is for you so that you're not stumbling. Well, I do this and I create that. And well, I have all, I have six different tiers of offerings. It just kind of depends on what they need. That comes in later discussions. Uh If you can really boil down, okay, what's the essence of what you're doing? That is much, much better for sort of that first intro or, or like, um, something like a social bio or, um, anywhere where it needs to be short, sweet, snappy. Mm. So talking about short, sweet, and snappy, how important is it to get it so that, or, or where's the line between, we know exactly what you do, i.e., And I'm going to use this top, this title, because I'm getting nine out of 10 podcast interviews I'm getting pitched at the moment, all say I'm a leadership coach. To me, it's just so vanilla. So how do we go from, okay, we understand you're a leadership coach to the other side, creating something that stands out, but that's not so weird that people actually understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to skew too far where you're using tons of industry jargon or you're using like made up phrases from your own framework that might be great once someone is already your client, but is not at all memorable for a lay person. So you definitely want to avoid skewing too far that way. But for something like leadership coach, Mm -hmm. again, niche down what type of leadership, right? Is it for corporate people? Because that's a very specific type of leadership. Mm -hmm. Is it for solopreneurs? Is it for agency leaders? Is it like what, what type of leadership, as in what type of person is going to need leadership coaching from you? Mm -hmm. But also you can focus on the nuanced way that you approach leadership, right? Because it's an extremely broad topic. Mm. Um, Maybe you're all about emotional leadership and how you can tap into your intuition and your emotional intelligence to become a better leader. That's pretty specific, right? And that's very, and that would repel the people you want to repel Mm -hmm. and it would attract the people you want to attract. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone like me, I probably wouldn't be super attracted to hiring a leadership coach because Mm -hmm. I don't see a a real specific need for it in that. I don't want to manage a giant team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think of when I think of leadership. Uh-huh. Whereas maybe you do help, you're a leadership coach who helps mid-level managers optimize their teams or, you know, whatever it is, the more specific you can be with your approach and what makes you different, the better. And again, by avoiding those jargony industry terms that not everyone will understand. Mm. Now you talked about attract and repel, and I just want to tap into this really quickly because I think the word repel scares a lot of people when they're coming up with their messaging. Oh, but, you know, but I can help, you know, everyone. And really at the core, we're entrepreneurs and most of the time we actually can help everyone, but it's it's a very dangerous place to be to actually say that. So how do you, uh, how important is it for you to, when you're working with people to touch on this repel piece like, can, can you sort of give us a little, a little insight into how we start to distill that piece down? Yeah. So for the repel part, if you've been in the game for a while, you have probably had clients that were amazing, that you love working with, that like everything you did just clicked. And then you've probably had clients where it was a struggle. Maybe you were kind of able to achieve the result you wanted, but like getting there was really hard or maybe in the end, they weren't even happy with your work, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the types of people you want to be repelling because your model, your personality, your values, whatever it is, doesn't align with them. So don't waste their time. Don't waste your time by trying to make it work, trying to fit them into this box of everyone, or I can help all coaches become better coaches, right? It's a lot better to repel those people who aren't the perfect fit. And then you can focus all of your energy and especially those super limited interactions and space for words that you have to the people that are the perfect fit. Mm. And the way I think of the perfect fit is exactly like a, a bullseye. So, you know, if you're doing archery or whatever kind of other things that you would shoot, um, I did axe throwing once Whoa. and it was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it really made me think of brand messaging uh-huh. um, in that, like, so if you hit the bullseye, that's your ideal audience, right? Mm-hmm. That is, ex- that is all of your messaging, all of your pricing, all of your packaging is focused on that bullseye. That's where you're putting all your energy, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes you miss the bullseye, right? And you can still get points. You Uh can still get points by serving someone on the circle outside the bullseye. It might not be the perfect, perfect fit, but it was still pretty easy for you. It was pretty easy for them. It was still a pretty seamless experience because they were close enough to that bullseye. They were close enough to that target audience that it was still a good fit. And then again, for that wider circle, maybe that's something that's lower touch, like a product or a course or something like that, where it's able to serve more people because it's just slightly less personal, right? So maybe that's something that you do at scale and you focus all of your one-on-ones on that ideal audience, right? And then there are the people who are just like completely off the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, or say you're playing darts or something, right? Like mm-hmm, I quite mm-hmm. often miss the board entirely, right? <laughs> and that those are the people you want to be repelling. And when you, when you throw the dart or the ax or whatever it is at that, it bounces off the wall, right? Uh-huh. Like it doesn't even sink into the target. It just bounces right off. And so that's what you want your messaging to do. 
is when someone visits your website or hears you speak at a conference or however else they're going to interact with you, when they sort of see what you're putting out into the world, they think, mm, that's not for me. And that's good for you because then you don't have to send proposals to them. You don't have to get on sales calls with them. You don't have to add them to your funnel and pay for them on your mailing list when they're never going to click or buy anything anyway, right? So you want to attract, but you also want to propel. What I really loved about the way that you explained that was I think that we get so hot and sweaty under the collar thinking we need to hit the bullseye Mm -hmm. and just remembering that we can get points anywhere on the board, I think takes away that that absolute need to get it perfect. And and once you can let go of that, I, I believe that's where the magic happens because you can explore a little bit more and start to, to try things on for size and say, you know, what works, what doesn't. Because something else that I've discovered is that, that you know, we can go, yep, I've got it. I've got the message. I've got it right on. But then you're chatting to people and, you know, maybe it doesn't feel so as good, you know, articulating it as what you thought you were going to. And I'm guessing this is where the mission and the values come in a little bit in delivering and getting that feeling. Am I on the right track? Yeah. Yeah. And I also like this idea that your messaging can evolve as your business evolves and as Mm -hmm. your audience evolves. So maybe you start with a core audience because that's what you know, that's what your experience is, but they bring in people who are like them but not just like them, right? And so then suddenly your circle expands or suddenly you're getting feedback from this other group and you think, wow, I can serve them. It's just a completely different offering. Mm. So I need different messaging for both those groups of people. So Mm. for me, it's very audience focused, but then you go back to your mission and values and you think, all right, are both these audiences still within that scope of my overarching mission? If my mission is to be part of the women supporting women movement. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly start taking male clients. Maybe my mission needs to change. Maybe it's entrepreneurs that I care about and not women specifically. But if I'm getting inquiries from men, but like, honestly, my heart is women supporting women. Mm -hmm. Well, then you just turn all of your energy into the women supporting women mission. And you just, and you decide how you want to expand under that umbrella. Or if your, if your values are equality mm-hmm. and you started with equality for women outside your country, because that was the need that you saw. And then all of a sudden you become aware of an issue in your own backyard, in your hometown. Okay. Well, if it's aligned with your value of promoting and actively being part of social equity, then awesome. Like you can then serve that group of people in whatever way is appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, I like this idea of being agile. I would never want a business businesses fail, right. If they're not agile. So I would never want brand messaging to be, to box you in. Uh It gives you the boundaries for you to then be able to expand um, strategically and creatively while giving you sufficient confines to have some direction behind it. Mm. It's almost like the it's the security of knowing, I guess, once you get your brand messaging right, it's the security of, of knowing what you do, but then the, um, the freedom to explore that. Mm-hmm. And why you do it, right? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. the what can change, but the why is a little bit more constant. 
Love it. So the audience was the other component you talked about. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So that is, again, the the people you want to attract and repel. And it's, it's really, it's the the people you're serving, right? No business exists if there are no customers on the other Mm -hmm, end of it. mm -hmm. You need the customers to keep coming back to you, to tell other people who are just like them about you, to give you the feedback that you need to be the best practitioner there is or product creator or whatever it is. Everything you do in your business should of course feel right to you, should feel right to your company culture if you have a team, but it should absolutely be in service of your audience. So pricing is the, is the thing that comes to mind for me because I really struggle with pricing. Uh-huh. I tend to price quite low uh, and based on my spending preferences. Whereas if, if you do pricing properly, you think about your audience. What are they going to think is a valuable price? Mm-hmm. Not something that you think they can afford or something that you would invest in, but what price is going to make them value whatever it is that you're offering mm-hmm. or what price is going to make them invest it? Maybe if you price yourself too low, they just won't complete the course or they'll drop out of the coaching program a month in, even though it was supposed to be six months because they're like, eh, I'd rather throw away the money and save myself the time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you price yourself higher then they're really invested in it or vice versa. Maybe one of your values is accessibility Mm -hmm. and you want to serve as many people that are specific to that audience as possible. And you know that they're low income or you know that they're brand new entrepreneurs and they they barely have any revenue. Mm -hmm. So you create a course that's super high value, but low cost. And then that helps them grow. And then maybe you can work with them one-on-one when they have more revenue and are able to afford higher level services, right? So everything in your business from the the marketing words you use to the operational decisions like pricing should really, really keep your audience at the center. Mm, Love it. So I think one of the the other things that you talk about is telling stories or storytelling. And I think that this that telling stories is one of the best ways to relate to our audience. So and, and a lot of, again, a lot of people struggle with this, like which story do I tell? That's, you know, that we've got all of these thousands, probably millions of experiences that we've had in our in our work, in our and our personal life that would actually help people relate to what we do in business. But uh, what I find is a lot of people not understanding which stories to tell. So again, on both sides of the scale, either telling stories that are completely not relevant at all, or on the flip side, not understanding the relevance of some of the stories that they've got that really shows the experience that they have in a certain you know, topic or, or, or something that's happened in their life. So how do you suggest people include stories? You know, what do they include? What do they need to think about when they're pulling their stories together to share in this kind of business setting? Yeah. So there are a few different ways. I strongly recommend that people have content pillars, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know, maybe a slightly fancy way of just saying like, core topics that they always talk about. And it might feel or sound repetitive to you, but especially if you have a different anecdote or a different tip for every single time you reference that pillar, 
it's not going to get old for your audience. In fact, the repetition will reinforce it and will frame you as an expert and will give them the context they need. Maybe that one story didn't resonate, but when you were talking about the exact same topic, but through a different story, maybe that one resonated, right? So I really like to focus on content pillars. Sometimes the easiest pillar choices are your values. I've even seen blogs organized by the company values and it's mm-hmm. sort of tagged, you know, this is this value, this is that value, et cetera. Uh-huh. Or if, if you want your values to be a little less explicit and a little bit more in the background, then it can certainly be topical to, again, that transformation you serve or problems that your audience goes through. So for example, if you know that your audience always struggles with confidence, follow through, and some, some third topic, then those are your three pillars. You can draw stories from your personal experience. You can draw stories from coaching calls that you've had or um, audience feedback that you've had. You can have people submit stories. You don't have to generate all your content. It can certainly be user generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so those pillars are really helpful. And then in terms of framing which stories from your own life you Mm -hmm. should share. Mm -hmm. Definitely don't share anything that is still triggering for you. If you have not worked through it, you probably should not be sharing it publicly. Again, in in very few cases, that vulnerability and rawness could bode well for you. But in general, I say sort of play it safe. And it can be a uh, stressful or traumatic experience. But Uh, make sure you have done the work to be able to talk about it and respond if people have responses or questions or things like that. And then also just try to find the breadcrumbs, right? Like try to connect the dots for yourself. So just because you had a career in IT before you became a course creator on cooking does not mean that you can't tell stories from your IT days, right? Mm. Um, How can you relate the inner workings of a computer to the inner workings of a recipe? Or maybe you had some interaction uh, in your IT job with someone at work and it sparked something in your business now, right? Or maybe your toddler said something hilarious and it got you thinking, or like my example of I went ax throwing and that got my wheels turning about audiences, Uh especially the more you are in your business, the more everyday things will sort of spark that for you. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people keep a, a story bank Mm-hmm. So they literally like jot down, okay, I had this experience in, you know, in one sentence or, or a, a couple keywords, and then maybe they tag, okay, this is this pillar, or this is sort of this general topic that I would want to bring up. So if you either easily forgetful, or you like to be super organized, uh, a story bank could be helpful for you. So good. And I love that you did talk about And something that someone said to me years ago, speak from the lesson, not from the wound. I think that's really, really important with stories because as, um, you know, as coaches, as course creators, we're, we're trying to inspire people. So speaking from the lesson is helpful. Speaking from the wound is something that probably isn't helpful for your audience. So I think that that's really important to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So 
I know that you have a brand messaging template which helps people to work through this scenario on their own and start to get clarity on their own message. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a DIY version of the larger brand messaging strategy that I do with my clients. And essentially, it's helping you, the business owner, to reflect on what it is you want your brand to stand for and align it sort of practically. Because I really don't believe in doing things for the sake of theory, especially as entrepreneurs. It needs to be grounded in practicality for me. Mm -hmm. So it poses some questions and it just kind of gives you the framework to get the juices flowing. So whether you're just starting out and you don't even really know where you're going, it can be useful. Mm -hmm. Or if you've already gone through a strategy and maybe it's been a while and you want to kind of do a gut check or like a self check, it can be useful. Or as you prepare to work with someone, this can, again, just get those juices flowing and help you brainstorm so that you're better equipped to have those in-depth conversations with your service provider that actually works you through the strategy. So, yeah, and I, I'm also happy to answer any questions if people are working through it and they get stuck. I love to do that. So Awesome. So where can people go to get a copy of that template? Yeah, you can visit ashleysang.com. It's A-S-H-L-E-E and then sang, like sang a song. And there's a big red button in the menu. And then uh, I think it might also be in the show notes. So I was going to say, and if you can't remember this because you're on the treadmill right now or you're outside walking on the beach, then just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast and we'll make sure that all of the links are there for you so that you can just click the button and download the sheet. Ashley, it's been so amazing talking with you today. This is a topic that I think is so, so important for the success of getting your business to the next level. So thanks for sharing everything that you did. But I'd love you to leave us with one like final something that you want us to remember around brand messaging. Hmm. I think if I were to sum it up, Mm -hmm. beyond think about your audience, think about your values, it's really just think about your why. If you have your why at the center of all of your decisions, it makes all of the words you need to write and the people you need to talk to and all the decisions you need to make in your business so much easier. So remember your why. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us, Ashley. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.